You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. That's 24-7. My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. OMG, we've got some breaking scandal news. I hope you are ready for it, everybody. Um, it has just been reported that Raquel Levis has officially broken things off with Tom Sandoval. They are officially donezos on the night of the big Vanderpump Rules scandal finale. Uh, it's being reported everywhere. Page six, I just saw, has shared that she has realized that um, Tom Sandoval is not the one for her. And wow, I'm glad she finally realized it. She should have realized it when she, you know, when he was still dating her best friend, you know, when he was still with Ariana. That would have been a great time to realize that he wasn't the one for you because he was taken. Um, but, you know, sometimes it takes Bambi a little longer to get some things done. It takes a little a little while for that light bulb to go from a dim to hit a full flash. But they are officially over. This does feel a little bit strategic, if I'm being honest. I kind of feel like she was just trying to make sure that the public came around to her, probably because she knows that the finale is not going to make her look good, especially since Bravo. And I think it was the leaked trailer for the finale where it showed that, um, and the finale is tonight. I'm taping this on Wednesday. Um, but it showed that, um, she and Sandoval were saying that we said that we wouldn't do this if it wasn't all worth it. Well, apparently it wasn't all worth it because she's come to her senses and, and realized that she is definitely not into Sandoval. He's not the guy for her which is just bizarre and wild to me. And I'm very curious what this is going to mean for the new season, because I mean, uh, my head is spinning. Like literally my head is, is truly spinning. Cause I'm like, when did she ever, did she really believe that he was the one for her? Did somebody convince her that she wasn't, that he wasn't the one for her? Because all of this is just, it's, it's a little redonkulous that she was even considering, um, you know, really having a relationship with him because it's like, mm. Come on, girl. This We knew that this was not going to work out from the beginning, but it's also been reported in Variety. Variety released um, some exclusive details on the Scandal finale and how it was shot, um, but they revealed that production for season 11 of Vanderpump Rules is supposed to begin this summer, but none of the contracts have actually gone out yet. But it does seem that there is a possibility for both Kristen Doty and Jax Taylor to return to the series. Jax has been going around telling people that he's going to be coming back to the show. I know he was at Schwartz and Sandy's a few days ago, and he was telling people there, I guess, that he is returning for the new season. So it sounds like there's interest, right? And conversations are happening. I would love to see Jax back. I would love to see Kristen back. And now if Raquel and Tom aren't together, that'd be an interesting dynamic. I'm surprised that they're jumping up and gearing gearing up for filming season 11 so close to season 10. Obviously, I guess they want to capture the heat of all of this and the fallout from all of this, but Ariana seemed very clear at the reunion that she has no interest in filming with them. And I'm curious to see how this all kind of plays out. Obviously, we'll have to watch the the Scandal finale in order to kind of see where things leave off and then we have the reunion, but 
I think they need a break. They need like a good two months off from Scandaball to kind of regroup, clear their head, and then come back. So I don't think filming will be, I don't think it's smart to necessarily film that soon. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, if contracts haven't gone out yet, contracts usually don't go out until after the reunion or until the tail end of the reunion airing. So I'm pretty sure contracts won't start going out until June sometime. And then, you know, from there, we'll be able to to figure out and see what the, what the plan and situation are. But production is supposed to begin. I'm assuming probably in August. Give them a break. If, if, the reunion wraps in June and the Secrets Revealed episode comes out on June 14th. Then that gives them at least a solid month before we pick back up again in July or two months if they pick back up again in August. But uh, it looks like the last week's episode, which was the pre-finale, the original finale, that reached 3.3 million viewers, which is a total season high and is their highest rated season thus far. So thank you, Raquel, and thank you, Tom, for such a big, um, a big jarring, shocking uh, bombshell that they dropped for us. And apparently Variety is also reporting that the something about her merch has now grossed six figures. I don't know why the merch is terrible. I'm sure the sandwiches are going to be delicious. But like Ariana and Katie, I love you guys. I want to support you guys. I want to wear some cute something about her merch. So please design some cute something about her merch that I can like rock and love and like appreciate. Which, by the way, guys, I do have my Team Ariana shirts and all merch this week until Sunday. If you use code SCANDAVAL, that is code SCANDAVAL, SCANDOVAL, then you get 20% off in the merch store at JustPlainZach.com slash shop. That's JustPlainZach.com slash shop. So head on over there now and use code SCANDAVAL for 20% off all merch. Not just the Team Ariana shirts. If you order them today, then you should have them in time for the reunion next week. So I highly suggest you get on that. Get on it, jump up on it, jump up on it, like Raquel did when Tom wasn't single, and now he's single, and now she's donezos. Just like a good Rocky Rocky Bang Bang. She's going to come in, bang, and be done. She's going to wreck everything up like a, like a wrecking ball, and then she's going to be like, all right, peace. So, you know, good for her, living her best life, just wrecking up everybody's lives. And Tom Sandoval, I mean, he's despicable, too. I'm not not loving him but I will give you guys an update I actually think I'm going to be going to the St. Charles show next Thursday at the Arcata Theater I think my schedule is going to end up working out I was chatting today about scheduling and I'm trying to get my flight booked so that I fly in to Chicago just in time to get my butt to St. Charles for the night um I am hoping I can go live I can broadcast live if not I'll tape clips and give you a full podcast recap and maybe that'll be like an emergency podcast episode or not an emergency podcast episode, but that will be part of next week's Friday episode on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Um, in other news, Tom Schwartz is going to be joining this new show on Fox. Um, interesting show, by the way. It's called Stars on Mars, and it's basically where they like create this arena that is supposed to seem it's supposed to look and feel like Mars. And so Tom Schwartz and um, a bunch of other people are on the cast for it. I believe this is also where, did they film this in Australia? I think they may have actually filmed this in Australia because that's where I guess he, he was 
the pa- these past couple weeks. Um, so it's a bunch of reality stars and I mean, C-list sort of stars coming together to compete to see who is the brightest star in the galaxy. So Stars on Mars comes to Fox on June 5th and it's going to star Tom Schwartz. Portia Williams from The Real Houses of Atlanta, comedian Natasha Leggero, who I love and I think it's hilarious. I used to watch her back on Chelsea lately. Um, it's going to have Super Bowl champ Marshall Lynch, actor Christopher Mintz Plays, Place, Plazy. I don't know who he is. Olympic figure skater Adam Rapon, cute. UFC fighter Ronda Rousey, cute. NFL player Richard Sherman, don't know who he is. Singer songwriter Tanisha, Tanishi, Tanisha. I don't know. Tina She, Tina Shea. I don't know. It sounds like Sheena Shea. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know who she is either. Um, actress Tallulah Willis. I don't know who she is other than Bruce Willis's daughter. Daughter. Modern Family's Aria Winter. Remember, she was the girl, the, the younger sister, Alex, with the glasses. She is on the show. Cute. Um, and then pro cyclist Lance Armstrong, who I believe Ariel Winter believed was um, Neil Armstrong. She's like, wait, he's like a real astronaut, but he's not. He's Lance Armstrong. So Schwartz, he's going to be there trying to show them that he's the brightest star in the galaxy. And I'm like, no, you're not. Raquel is because she's like a, a lightning bolt just coming in to destroy everybody's lives. So we have that to look forward to. <laughs> um and then in other news, there is uh, Real Houses in New Jersey that has now officially been placed on pause. It's been reported that uh, they're going to be taking a break now that Teresa and Melissa are on the outs. They are trying to figure out how they're going to move forward with the show. So it's going to be on break at least until this fall slash winter. So we'll probably get a lot of holiday stuff in the new upcoming season of Real Housewives of New Jersey. But yeah, I guess we can look forward to, to that. Um, and then guys, be sure to get your tickets to my live show on June 15th at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Lala Kent and I are going to be live. I have a lot of other special guests that will be in attendance as well. Um, some guests that I'm really excited about that we just confirmed. So it's going to be a great show. Get your tickets now. They're selling fast. They are selling fast. We're sold out of our VIP packages. We have just a very handful, a select handful of our ultra VIP packages with come, which come with the Thursday night show and the Friday morning birthday brunch. Um, and then GA tickets, but GA tickets are going like this. So if you want to get your GA tickets, I highly suggest you get them now. Go to nofilterlive.com. You can also get tickets to our live show. Me and the Brav Bros are going to be live at City Winery in New York City on June or sorry, July 26th. So, um, yeah. And so I'm going to be breaking down the Scandaball finale this Thursday on our Thursday night live. So stay tuned for that. It'll air on the podcast Friday morning, first thing. But until then, I did a recap of the Real Housewives of New Jersey finale with Steel and Shooter of the Brav Bros. So you can tune into that right now, uh, which I'm going to play for you right here. So hopefully I get to see you June 15th for my 30th birthday at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood. Get your tickets at nofilterlife.com. All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. And here is my recap of the Real Housewives of New Jersey finale with Steel and Shooter of the Brav Bros. Let me know your thoughts because I'm very curious. This was an interesting finale. All right. I will chat with you soon. You know where to follow me. You know Just Plain Zach podcast at No Filter with Zach. Follow Lil Skywalker at Just Plain Sky. And yeah, here you go. Brav Bros, let's get it. What's up, everybody? What's up? Hi, guys. Are you still revved up from Philly from our live show? Yeah, yeah, I haven't come down from it since. That's why I needed to plan the next live show as soon as humanly possible because I'm going to be chasing that dragon for the rest of my life. Well, 
a little bit of tea that I guess we can spill now is that we were supposed to have some of the Jersey Housewives in our Philly show. And then at the last minute, Bravo kind of cock blocked us because they were still in production for the reunion. And now I guess there's a bit of good news since we now know that uh, Real Houses in New Jersey is going to be put on pause. So after the reunion airs, it looks like our next live show in New York City is going to fall right in between the pause. So they should be open and available. So you never know who we may end up live with in New York. Yeah. Hint, might have hint. To squeeze one in. Well, we fit in Dorinda and Chris Bassett, which was great. And now July 26th, we're going to be at City Winery in New York City. Get your tickets at NoFilterLive.com, guys. Get your tickets at NoFilterLive.com, July 26th. Mark your eye, Cal. Now we're coming to NYC. Yeah, mark it. Buy a damn ticket. Don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, get your tickets. Don't wait. Because, I mean, we kept Dorinda in the bag for a long time until the week of the show. And at at that point, all the good seats were gone. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if you're listening to this right now, we promise you there will be really good guests. It's going to be a really good show. Get good seats. Get good tickets now. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, you're going to miss out. The first show was sold out, and it was an absolute blast. Yeah. Ask anybody. They're, they're all talking just, about it. Just buy a whole table for yourself and your friends. You won't be disappointed. There you go. Um, okay, how are you guys feeling about this week's Jersey finale? Steel. Are uh, you exhausted? Are you excited? I, are I you... was waiting for Shooter to chime in. I am. I feel like look, oh, overall, your face says that you're over this season. No, <laughs> my face looks like this because I was expecting to get pavers for a goddamn patio that I'm building, mm. and the guy <laughs> stiffed me. And now the sand sitting. It's a whole different story. My face. That's why I look like that. But overall, I I like this season of Jersey for the most part. I didn't hate it. I thought there were some some good things. I like the newbies as far as last night's episode, we kind of saw it happening all season long. We were waiting for everything to sort of come to a head and it didn't really, there was no confrontation to the point where people were like at blows for an extended period of time. There was kind of, it was somewhat eased into. And so I'm glad that we finally got a moment where everyone kind of just had it out. However, Nothing was accomplished. Everyone was just screaming as loud as they possibly could. Marge comes out somehow still not looking like the bad guy, which makes no fucking sense. But whatever, we'll get into that. I, It was lacking as a finale for me, but I did see the buildup coming. Yeah, I mean, did you expect anything to get accomplished? I, I just don't understand. Like, we've been watching the show for how long? And nothing ever gets accomplished. Nothing ever happens. Yeah, I guess we got a confrontation where we got to see Louis blow up and you get to see the real Louis. You get to see kind of, I don't know, it was just all bullshit. And I guess what we can kind of focus on is maybe the newbies relationship. It looks like maybe Rachel and Danielle might have a path forward, which, you know, Steele and I have talked about at length. We kind of want that to happen, just kind of team up a little bit. But overall, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was a little lackluster. I feel like we got a little bit of, if you want to say fireworks, we got fireworks, but nothing ever happens. And and I don't know why we always expect things to change. Well, I think because things have happened in Jersey before. We've had big confrontations. We've had major blowouts. We've had table flips. And the way that this finale was pumped up, it was a good finale. But I agree with you guys in the sense that I was expecting there to be a fireworks show. And it feels like a lot of things started to spark up and started to happen. But there was no real big shebang. And I think it's because 
Teresa and Louie ended up exiting probably because they know that they're guilty in all of this. And to your Mm -hmm. point, Steele, I don't think that Margaret is to blame for all of this. I think Teresa was very much behind. Teresa and Louie wanted to make Joe and Melissa look bad. And you can feel the tension boiling up as the season was coming to an end. And I think they wanted Joe to leave Melissa. I think, you know, Teresa and Louie tried to give Joe Gorga the bait and he didn't take the bait when they initially called him over to give him this news um and so because that didn't happen then she ends up using jennifer and danielle as her little minions to kind of do her dirty work which is what Teresa has done historically since the beginning like Teresa has always done this and she's always had other people do her dirty work for her and then be like i didn't know that you were a stripper you didn't think danielle did that genuinely you thought that that I was think Teresa? Dan- no, no, no. I think Je- Danielle believes no. that she was doing that genuinely. She just doesn't realize how it was influenced by Teresa and Jennifer. Because yep. even Jennifer was in the finale. She's like, I didn't want it to come out. And I'm like, bullshit. You said it on camera in Ireland. Like, you said it on camera. So you yep. know when you say something on camera, it's going to come out regardless. And the fact that you said it to Danielle on camera, that right there says that you're expecting Danielle to fully execute that. And if she didn't then i'm pretty sure jennifer would have been like listen this has already been said on camera i'm just giving you the information because it's already out there they wanted this to come out yeah no i I fully agree with that i honestly i do think that there are like phantom puppet strings when it comes to danielle where she does think that she's doing the right thing but she doesn't realize that she's really just a cog in this system that's already been developed over years and years and Teresa's better at playing the game i mean she threw that in there everybody knew immediately that it was Teresa's fault I do want to focus on, you know, two things. We we got a little bit of a callback from Jen when it was Teresa and Jen and Danielle sitting out on the deck talking about the chosen family. Don't worry about your family. Your chosen family's here. So that's confirmation, I think, from Teresa's engagement party talking about her chosen family where we kind of overanalyze that. That was definitely a strike. We can kind of book that now. But the other thing that is really bugging me is that Teresa just talks about family and family and family. You can clearly see that she doesn't view Joe's wife as part of her family or else she would have called Melissa over to talk about this. Instead, they go behind Melissa's back to talk to Joe. Like, what did they expect was going to really happen? It's just so there's just so much manipulation. And then when it comes down to it and you get called out on it and you just say, well, no, I I wanted to talk to Joe. Like, blame it on Louie. And then Louie takes the fall, if you will. Like, there's no way that Louie went through channels to get this information. This came from Laura, which went to Teresa and Jen that then got to Louie and Louie said, I'll take the fall for you, babe. And then moved on. It's just, it's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. And I feel everyone, well, a lot of people are like, well, what should have Teresa done that would have actually gone over well and not made her look bad? She should have shut it down from the beginning the way that she expects any rumor about her to get shut down. She should have gone mm-hmm. to Louie and, or she should have gone to Joe and Melissa and been like, look, this is the rumor that's out there. I just want to give you a heads up that it's out there. I don't believe it. I told this Laura woman to fuck off and it's not true and it's not real. And then when it came to Jennifer and Danielle, she should have very, in that moment, been like, don't give this life. This Laura woman doesn't sound credible. Margaret and I are good now because at this point she claims to have made up with Margaret and invited Margaret to her wedding. She should have said, Margaret and I are good. I don't know what this disgruntled old friend wants to say about Margaret or Melissa or whoever, but I don't think that we should give this any life. Don't talk about it on the show. 
and that's not what she did. She waited and sat on it for six months. They tried to bring it up at last season reunion. It, they couldn't do it. So then they end up bringing it up during filming this season with Danielle, who's very impressionable. And when it comes to this mm-hmm. comment that Sarah made that Jennifer is a fan and does whatever Teresa says to do, I don't think it's that Jennifer will do what Teresa says. I think Jennifer will do anything that'll make Teresa happy. I agree with that, but I, and maybe it's because I'm a Danielle sympathizer. Like I want her to do well so bad. So like in my mind, when this started happening, I'm like, ah, you know what? Maybe Danielle's playing the game. Maybe she took a little lead from Fuda. She saw Fuda was dealing with things and like, all right, if I'm going to be successful in this group, I need to kind of draw my line in the sand or at least take a stance here because between that and then actually watching her stand up to Marge and get in Marge's face for the first time, instead of being like, ah, and run to the bathroom crying, I thought it was a uh, step forward for Danielle in this yeah. episode. And was she being a mouthpiece for Teresa? Was that Teresa's plan all along telling Jen, Jen to tell her so on and so forth? Yeah, probably. Especially considering, like you said, Zach, there is no way that Jen was trying to protect the family and not let this get out when she is the one that said it on TV. So yeah, yeah there's definitely some chess pieces being moved. However, I appreciated that Danielle one stood her ground two brought it up to Melissa and got in the game, whether it's on Teresa's behalf or not, she's in the game now. She's like, all right, I'm playing. You want to play? Let's fucking play. And I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think Danielle's heart was in the right place. I think she genuinely thought she was doing Melissa a solid. And she didn't realize <laughs> that she was doing Teresa and, and Jennifer's dirty work. Teresa wanted to make Melissa look bad and Jennifer wanted to make Margaret look bad because Margaret made Jennifer look bad last season, bringing up the Bill Affair rumor, which resurfaced in the finale, where Jennifer seems to like think that it was the mistress's fault for why her husband cheated on her because she's like, she threw herself at him, which is also yeah. sick and twisted, and why she's in this loveless relationship where Bill just does not, Bill cannot be bothered by Jennifer. And if he cheats on her again, she'll continue to stay. Culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes, we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits. Then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. But my issue, again, lies with how Marge speaks to people. Like, I don't know how she can get on this high horse with everybody and act like, you don't say that, you're disgusting, you're a disgusting person, blah, blah, blah. And the shit she says is like, what did she say about the assist? Oh, he had sex with his subordinate. Like subordinate. gets very specific yeah. about it. It's like, that's yeah. fucked up. And then yeah. she says, as Danielle's walking away, that's why your brother doesn't talk to you. It's like, you don't have to pick the yeah. meanest thing, the thing in the world the to thing say. With, the thing with Marge is when you come at her and you don't back down, she does say crazy things. She yeah. does go a little too far. The problem is that there's never any repercussions for it. 
So usually we'll see people get into fights and then they say unforgivable things and then they have to deal with it for the next three or four episodes. Everybody just writes Marge off and they're just like, well, Marge said that. Like nobody even confronts her and says, maybe Marge, you shouldn't have said that. Maybe you shouldn't have talked that way. Everybody's just like, oh yeah, Marge is just going to be Marge and she never loses any friends because of it anymore. She never has any issues. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe off screen she loses friends, but on screen she still has the same supporters and like nobody ever holds her accountable for saying terrible shit she will maybe do like a backwards apology like six episodes down the line but at the end of the day like nobody holds her accountable for anything yeah she did her half-ass apology to jen she's like oh i shouldn't have called you a disheveled drug addict or disgruntled drug addict, whatever the fuck she called her like way later and it's such like a blase like passing thought like oh yeah by the way i shouldn't have called you that but anyway let's move on yeah she she stinks she hits below the belt, but I will say Jen Fessler was the one that did stick up to her. Stick, yeah, and kind of put her in her place earlier in the season, where she's like, "the the shots that you took were low blows." Um, yeah, but and Marge's response was, yeah. "Yeah, no, nope, no, it wasn't. Like that's me. Nope. Like she never agrees with it." And Fessler, by the way, Fessler, fucking fantastic first season. She did so well, and the fact that yeah. she tied it all together by getting Frank Jr.'s number, was yeah, perfect. See, I feel like Jen Fessler is what Caroline Manso could have been and didn't fully execute because she ended up exiting the series. But Jen Fessler is that voice of reason. You know, she will put you in your place. She'll do it with tact and she'll also kind of keep it lighthearted, fun and keep the pace moving. And she knows how to keep the ball rolling. This is why we don't need Caroline Manso back on Jersey because we have Fessler. And I think Fessler really holds down that role well. We said in our show recently that she is the best friend of across all franchises. And I don't want her to get promoted in fear that she's going to do too much. Exactly. And that's what I always said, like about Kathy Hilton, too. I was like, Kathy Hilton's great in a friend of role. We don't need her full time. Unfortunately, she ended up filming full time last season, which made her more a part of the drama. And then that's when it really went downhill with Brenna. Calling Jenna disheveled drug addict for weed. Yeah, it's just like I, I agree. March hits below the bell. I can't defend that. But I, what I will say about Marge, though, in comparison to other people on the show, is that Marge puts all her shit on the table. She's like, yes, I was in an affair. Yes, I have lawsuits with my company. So she puts all of her stuff at, on the table so that nobody can weaponize it against her. Um, and she's not afraid to face anything, but she is really good at exposing other people's stuff as well that I don't always love. Yeah, she knows not to put her stuff out there because she doesn't want to weaponize against her because she knows how to weaponize information against other people. But I think she like, does she put all her stuff out there. I think she, she does, does, but she doesn't. There's a middle ground here because, yeah, it's out, out there, but the way that she the way she addresses people, it's like she didn't do that stuff. That's my problem. When she's talking I think she about... just gets ahead of it to try to deflect any sort of like actual hit that might come at her. I think that like, she just She's not doing it to voice. be an honest person. She's doing it because she wants to keep herself safe. From what I've gathered from especially this last episode, when people start coming at her, is just to not stop yelling. I'm going to continue to yell and say things until you back down. That's what that's her move. It's just yeah. go, 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 yeah. go, go. Her opponent backs down, and then she says something off color as they walk away. That's the Marge move, and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes for great housewives drama. It makes TV. It makes for yeah. TV. But it is interesting, and this is like, obviously looking forward to next year. And I am curious with this being the fallout that we saw with um, finally with Melissa and Teresa, like obviously there's been fallouts in the past and like they weren't going to talk in the future. I saw something that came out recently that said they are actually at 
kind of a standstill. They can't move forward. They don't want to be near each other. They will not be in the same room together. So I, I, they're putting a halt on filming because of it. They're trying to figure out like a, a way forward with the two of them. So I want both of y'all's opinion on this. What's better for the show and what is going to happen? Is Teresa going to, if they have to whack one of them, who's getting whacked? Is it Teresa or Melissa? Probably, it has to be Melissa unless they give Teresa a spinoff. Yeah, I think that's the only solution. Keep Melissa and give Teresa a spinoff. Um, yeah. I just think Teresa's done on Jersey. You can tell she doesn't want to be on the show anymore. You can tell yeah, she's she barely gets show. into it anymore. She barely gets into it. Even in the finale last night when Melissa was approaching her, she runs away. She doesn't want to engage. You know, yep. you can tell she hates her brother. She hates Melissa. She doesn't like Margaret. She doesn't like Rachel. Um, she doesn't care about Fessler. Like she doesn't really care to get into it with the new girls. The only reason she's friends with Jennifer is because Jennifer will do whatever she wants. You can tell she doesn't even really care about Dolores because she didn't include Dolores in some of her wedding events that it's just like, you can tell she has no loyalty to any of the women. I think she's in a love bubble and she thinks that she's happy and she thinks that she's going to be able to sail off into the sunset on her own and good for her. I don't think her relationship with Louis is going to last and he looked real cuckoo crazy last night. Oh yeah. Get into that. Yeah, I mean, talk about the pasta. Do you think that's what it was? Was it the pasta? Yeah, it was. That, he had a little too much pasta. You can just see the way mm-hmm. his face was so red and the way his eyes were bulging. And he's like, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Like, it was like, I it was thought insane. it was fucking Charlie Sheen. He had tiger blood. <laughs> it was insane. I couldn't believe it. But like within the past few episodes, it's interesting if you go back and kind of re-watch or rethink about this season, kind of how it's escalated, especially with Louie. Because we were the first ones on our podcast to be like, let's give him a chance. Like he's saying he's changed. He's saying he's trying to do all these things to better himself. We gave him like a four to five episode run where we're like, we'll be totally objective. You're saying a lot of good things. You seem to be on the right side of things. Let's see. And sure enough, the mask starts to fall off. And in the past three episodes, you really saw it slip. And this was kind of the the cherry on top. Like, okay, this is who Louis is. And I think the perfect moment that embodies that is when he looks up at the camera and he's like, oh, shooter just lost. But he looks up at the camera, like bright-faced and red and just, I don't give a fuck. Or, I don't fucking care. Whatever he says. And it's like, oh, you really don't fucking care. And like, this is the true Louis. I'm winning. I'm a winner. Like, he's just off his rocker whether it's pasta induced or not i think that's who he is inherently like this is just a manipulative scary person and just listen to the way that he talks to Teresa in the past couple of episodes i've figured out or at least i think i figured out how he kind of manipulates the situation is he just uses a lot of big words he uses a lot of emotionally charged words to kind of spin this web that she gets stuck in where she's like oh he must know what he's talking about listen to how he kind of breaks down the situation yeah and no shade to Teresa, but I don't think that she's bright enough to read between the lines of what he's trying to do. I think she's so ready to be on his team that when she was talking last week, she was like, I'm so sorry for Louie and that he's basically the victim here of Joe and Melissa's torment. But in reality, he's kind of steering the ship of Teresa where he wants it to go. He's trying to pit her against her brother. He's trying to kind of create this divide and create this drama so that she needs to rely on him more and more and more. 
Yeah. And I think to your point about this being who he really is, I agree. And I think we see him like this in situations like this, because when you are under the influence of a substance, what is it? The frontal something part of your brain starts to shut down. Prefrontal cortex. There you go. The prefrontal cortex. Teresa doesn't know what that means. The prefrontal cortex, it shuts down. And so the, the parts of you that you're trying to hide or conceal, that armor kind of comes down. And then we see the real person come out. That's why people get angry or they get overly emotional is because they're trying to bottle something or hide something and that's why it all comes flowing out when you drink too much alcohol and I think in this case this was substance induced and or it looked it appeared substance induced and I think that Louis was very much um, showing us who he really is outside of his kumbaya facade I agree and I think that you know for all the tree stand out there I just at this point, you need to be worried about your girl then. If you're going to stand by her and stick by her side through thick and thin, regardless of what the situation is, like, then you should be concerned about her well-being right yeah. now because this is a scary person. The fact that he could get, I don't care about the situation. I don't care how annoyed or emotional you are. You cannot talk to a woman that way as a man. Like, You can't put your hand out and start yelling at Melissa like that and not yeah. expect shit to pop off. I thought that was crazy. If you really are this guy that kind of has control of himself and that is growing, is moving forward, then you, those slip-ups don't happen. Like yeah. You need to actually look at the situation, react accordingly, and you might be a little heated, but the fact that he ramped it up so fast and then he's trying to talk shit to, to Joe and he's like, yeah, I said a lot of things. You hear that, Joe? You hear that? It's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, are you trying to start a street? And then he walks downstairs and the story changes completely. He talks to Teresa. Yeah, Joe was trying to fight me. And the, he, told, he told a bunch of people to hold him back. He, he needed a lot of people to hold him back because he wanted to fight me. He's crazy. His brother's crazy. He's just, it's, just, it's all fucking crazy, Teresa. And it's like, I, <laughs> that's my Louie. I, I, I'm nervous about the situation, honestly, because the guy's unhinged. Like he's the red face alone is enough to turn me off of anybody, let alone the behavior. Yeah. It's not going to end well for them. What do you think, Shooter? How are you feeling about Louis' performance last night? I think it was wild that he was the one who was saying that Joe was trying to instigate the fight when he was the one who was starting oh, yeah. the whole thing. Joe was actually actively sitting back. Joe was – we never see that. Joe usually is right in the forefront, like trying to mash heads, trying to do anything he can and talk, like all the tough talk. And this time he's sitting back and just letting it kind of happen until Louis starts directing things at Melissa, then he steps up. So it was kind of weird to see that role reversal and then to see Louis completely blame it all on Joe was wild because at the end of it, we found ourselves kind of on Joe's side. And that's kind of a first for a lot of us. So yeah. we kind of have to look in the mirror and be like, what are, what are we doing at this point? And I've seen a lot of people that are like, you know, now you kind of have to take the firm stance on Joe and Melissa or Louis and Teresa. And we're like, no, we kind of just really want this to go away. But I'm I am happy now at least because like Steele said, we spent the first couple episodes giving Louie a little bit of time yeah. to see who he is and see if it grows. And now we know he's a fucking psychopath. So yeah. it's confirmed at least that we can kind of move forward with it. Very manipulative, very good at gaslighting. And like Steele was saying, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of using big words and talking in big phrases in order to kind of, you know, convince you that he knows what he's talking about and to get you to like, not really question him and just kind of go along with the narrative, which well, is theatrical too. It's like yeah. he, he puts on this whole performance and I would be so curious 
when the camera's not on, what those conversations look like. Because you can tell that he's trying in his head to spin a very, very intelligent sounding sentence. It's a lot of just word salad and most of it's just fucking nonsense. But when he gets stuck, he drops a like. And I noticed it like four or five times during his rant. He was like, it's like, 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 and that's him like trying to think of something so remarkable to say that's going to knock everybody's socks off that the viewers at home are going to be like, oh my God, how insightful. But instead it comes out like verbal diarrhea because he just, he's talking too fast for his brain to catch up. Maybe because of the pasta, but most think, likely, yeah. Yeah, more than likely. But I think that that's his MO from the beginning. And I think if you watch all of it from that viewpoint, which most most viewers have, a lot of people haven't given him the chance to kind of like see if he was full of shit or not. But it's very clear that this is who Louie is. This is the guy he's always been. We saw well, we saw that video. last year in, in Nashville last year when like that was our first glimpse at who Louie was. He just completely flipped out before he proposed to Teresa. Yeah. And like there was a whole thing and we're like, all right, is this dude fucking nuts or what? And then we kind of forgot about it because it was towards the end of that season. And then we got that really weird reunion where they were really lovey. And then the love bubble thing popped up. And now we're, we're slowly getting back to that. So it seems like he's kind of going through this almost like a bipolar path where he's like trying to find himself and being a really nice guy and overly nice and trying to correct everybody's issues. And then he gets to a point where he just boils over and it seems like that that same thing is just going to repeat and repeat until eventually this marriage is completely doomed or we see an episode of dateline yeah yeah i was just thinking that i was like <laughs> i, I was like that. no but i mean think about it like it's it could get to that point especially if she chooses to leave the show um and then because we know she like very much is very productive of her relationship as it is that i think she you know even if he is you know, verbally, if he does snap at her the way we saw him snap at Melissa or speak to Teresa that way, I don't think she would be willing to, you know, she would protect him at all costs the same way I think she tried to protect Joe Judice at all costs. Mm -hmm. That's her loyalty. I think she's going to be ride or die no matter what. I think yeah. she's in it regardless. I don't, I, everyone's saying it's not going to last. I don't see it ending anytime soon. I don't think that she's going to want to admit that she was wrong or this love bubble actually popped. And two, I, I when you get into a relationship with a manipulative person such as Louis, breaking those chains, so to speak, is very difficult, especially for somebody like Teresa, who's just looking for love. She's just looking for that solid partner that she doesn't have to worry about. And she's thinking that she found it in Louis. I think that before this is all said and done, it gets really ugly and gets really bad. And I hate to say that. I hate to even say that or put that out in the universe, but it just does not look good. None of this looks encouraging whatsoever. No. And I think he, yeah, he has convinced her that this is, you know, this is the love of her life. And compared to what she went through with Joe and look at how long she stayed with Joe. He That's had to be point. locked away in prison and deported for her to finally decide that she wanted to leave him because she physically couldn't be with him anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, had he not gotten kicked out of the country, like who knows? Like it could have been a different story. We could yeah. have, we could be seeing the reuniting of those two getting married. Like there's no telling where that path would have went if he hadn't gotten what is it? Deported. Thank you. Um yeah. but I want to talk about the alleged phone call from Gia. To oh Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do we <laughs> do we think that that happened? I think that that happened. Um, yeah, I think I, it happened too. But I don't think, like, I think in Gia's head, she wasn't saying leave Melissa. 
She was just saying, we think you can do better. And I think Joe received that as her saying, we want you to break up with Melissa. And that's why we have this, I didn't say that, yes, you did sort of situation right now. I think Gia is smart enough to drop little nuggets or to say things in a certain way that's like, I didn't say that because Teresa is really good at that, where she'll say one yeah. thing to leave you with an impression, but then was like, those weren't the words that came out of my mouth, you know, and you play a game of semantics. Yeah, and we, I mean, we know that Gia is kind of like, clawing for a little bit of spotlight too so maybe she thought that this would be a big moment for her but we also know the dynamic of this family so anything that happens off camera we're never really going to understand what actually happened because they both lie so much that the actual truth is completely gone and we'll never find out what actually happened there I, I think that Gia probably did call him even though that she's saying that she didn't she's actually saying that she never called him at all no, she so did. She said that, that she she said that she did call him, but she called him to beg him to come to the wedding. That that was why she called him. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's bullshit. I, I think that Gia called him and talked to because she wants to be an adult. Like we've seen that three or four times this season, a couple times last season. She wants to be in the mix. She wants to be part of the housewife crew, and this yeah. is how she's in kind of engaging herself to get in there. So I fully believe that she called and she put her two cents in. I don't think Joe should listen to it. I, I really don't think that Gia should be giving her opinion to Joe. But at the same time, it, it's just really tough to watch. And I don't know where they're going to go from here because we get the scene with Melissa sitting by her pool talking about how there's no way forward. And I think this is the last straw. And they have to be kind of worried because what is their show? What is their role on this show if they're not fighting with Teresa? Like nobody wants to see Melissa just being an extra talking to Marge about whatever shit uh, Marge is staring up. Nobody really wants to see Joe just kind of tagging along for boys night. There's no storyline there. So I really don't understand what they think their role on this show is going to be. I guess we can give them the grace of like a season to see what that looks like. If they're not going to try to get in and mix it up with Teresa, but I really don't see a path forward for them. I think honestly, that it would be nice to give them one season without Teresa to see what they could do and not saying that they would be good, not saying they'd be great, not even mediocre. They might totally suck, but then we could be like, all right, get them out of here. I think that to give them the boot entirely without giving them that chance, because they've never had that chance. Yeah. And I'm 99% sure regardless, even if they are on the show without Teresa, it would probably still be Teresa centric somehow. They would still probably come back yeah. to their relationship with her. But I do think it'd be interesting to give them a shot. All right, guys, you've been on the show for a while. Teresa's gone. Let's see what you can do. You you claim that you are on the show on your own behalf, that you guys didn't use Teresa to get here. All right, prove it. Like, I'm down for that, for yeah. one season of that. Yeah, I think yeah. as long episodes. as Teresa's there, that's, it's just not going to work. It just does move on. And I, she said love bubble. I want to, like, go back and rewatch the season as much as I really don't want to rewatch the season because there's not a lot to rewatch. I do want to know how many times she said love bubble. And I'm starting to think conspiracy theories in here that she is in the workings with Bravo for a spinoff and it's called the love bubble. Like it has to be, there's no way these people aren't like savvy enough to kind of let things happen organically. They always try to force things. Like that's why I brought up the whole chosen family thing again, because that was very obvious. Like, okay, so that was real. Now the love bubble thing has popped up so often that it's like, all right, it's gotta be called fucking love bubble at this point. So Interesting. if Teresa moves on, then yeah, give Melissa and Joe a season to figure it out. If they're duds and they're just trying to like tag along to other storylines, then that's kind of who they are and that's what they are and we can move on without them. But if they try to flourish a little bit, then give them some time. I, I don't know. I'm not in the game of just kicking people off the show because they've been bothering me for so long. No, and I think honestly, I and maybe it was the episode last night, but 
if I had to pick, and I, I'm still down the middle-ish, but if I had to lean one way or the other, I'm closer to Team Gorga than I am Team Teresa by far. I yeah. think that yeah. looking at it objectively, if everything that was said last night was true to at least some degree, that would make a lot of sense why Joe had no business with Teresa or with Louis all season when they were trying to bridge the gap or attempting to bridge the gap it would make more sense why he was like, fuck this and not giving them any attention if Gia did, in fact, make that phone call. If he did, in fact, go over to their house and they sat there and tried to convince him to break up with Melissa. And I think that whether or not that was the words he used, like even if Gia said he could do better, like you know what the implication is and you know what they're trying to do, the underlying tone. So regardless of the words being said, it's the implication that matters. Yeah. And if that was the implication, like I wouldn't be cool with them either. I wouldn't sit around a table and like as Louis trying to sing Kumbaya, peace, love and bullshit. I wouldn't agree to it. I'd be like, all right, fuck you. Fuck you, Teresa. Your daughter's in the mix now. Like, what are we doing? You care about family. You really care about family because it sure doesn't seem like it. And I love that. That's always her crutch to lean on. Anybody that knows me knows that family first. It's like, well, <laughs> prove it because <laughs> the only evidence you had at that con- the same conversation you just said, family matters. You said you iced your cousin out. I don't yeah. know what your cousin's background is, but you've iced her out. Melissa and Joe are iced out. You have no family left, Teresa. Your yeah. family's gone. You have your daughter, your daughters, and your Louie and Louie's family. So your family has gotten much, much smaller because you care about family. So I, I'm sick of it. Yeah, she doesn't care about family, and she's not loyal to her family. But, I mean, even though, just with the context that we have, knowing that this conversation happened with Joe and without Melissa, which then tells me if if Louie and Teresa sat down Joe Gorga and said, hey, there's this cheating rumor, then that's telling me that they want Joe to, that one, they believe it, and two, that they want Joe to actually leave Melissa because they believe that this rumor is true. Otherwise, they would have gone to them and been like, look, it, this is the, the rumor that we've heard. It's bogus. We shut this Laura woman down because we don't believe her. That's what mm-hmm. they could have done, and that's what they should have done, and they didn't do that. And so now we know going into the season, that conversation happened, and we know going into the season, the pizza oven situation happened. Now I understand Joe and Melissa being like, we don't want to be bothered by you this season. All of this shit that you're doing on camera right now is performative, and it's fake. Yep. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the the, the P.I. that Louis said in the finale that he hired and then went on watch what happens live and said, Oh no, I never hired a PI. I just said that just to say it. (laughs) I I really have no fucking idea. Like this guy, he's such a loose cannon that I really don't even know. I can't even formulate an opinion on whether or not he actually hired a PI. Like part of me thinks he absolutely did because that seems like something he would do. Part of me thinks that he absolutely didn't because it seems like something he would do. Like, I can't get a read on this guy because he's all over the place. But if you have to make me pick right now, I do think that he probably had a a PI look into Joe and Melissa, probably after the whole Pizzagate bullshit went down. He probably had them take a look and say, you know, what is Joe Gorga doing with his money? What's going on with these pizzas? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? I think maybe he had that. So it's partially true, but there's no way in my mind that he – could have actually had a PI look into all of the women on the show and their significant others and everything he else. Definitely it just did. seems too much. You think so? 100%. You can't sit there and know. say, Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle this, Bo Deedle that. The motherfucker had a name. You don't think that Louie, the guy that's bright red and I think he screaming, has a PI on retainer because he's a yeah. fucking psycho. Yeah. Right. So but I don't think that he Bo, had them look into like Marge. Why not? No, I why think not? he's probably 
into this whole crew. I want to know everyone's no. dirt because if th- he knows how the game works, he wants the ammo. I think he has a PI on retainer and maybe not even retainer. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he has a friend that's a PI because he said that this guy that's is his friend. True, yeah. And so I think he taps into this friend's network whenever he wants something on someone. And I don't think, and this is where you have Teresa saying he doesn't have that kind of money to dig into every single housewife <laughs> on the show. And it's like, okay, fine. Then he's not, well, he has $250,000 that he can just blow on some pizza oven. So what's another 250 yeah. on a PI? But he lost I half think, a billion dollars from Rula La. Yeah. So, like, my thing is, I think this is where they fall back into that gray area, right? Where this is where they try to defend themselves. It's like, well, technically, maybe this PI brought us some dirt on Melissa, and maybe this PI brought us some dirt on Margaret, but this PI didn't bring us dirt on Danielle and on Jennifer Fuda and on Dolores Catania. So that's not the whole cast. We don't have time to look into the whole cast. We're not going to hire him to look into the whole cast. And that's where they're able to throw out statements like that by saying, he wouldn't actually spend money to look into the whole cast. That's a lot of money and a lot of time that he doesn't care to invest, but he does care to invest in Melissa and Margaret. I think he did it. 100%. I don't know. I I need to do more research on Bo Deedle. (laughs) But it's also just weird. Well, I think the, the, the guy, Bo, I think he came out and he said, no, they that that uh he's claiming that louis did not hire him and this is where i think again maybe it was a favor to a friend you know i think that there's a again they play in this gray area that that seems to slither their way through things um where yeah, like, a guy named know. bo deedle who's a pi that digs through people's trash looking for dirt's not gonna lie are you fucking kidding me like if he's on retainer he's not gonna spill the beans no i'm sure he has a yeah, he has an know. nda that he signed yeah, he's he's, yeah. A, he's definitely on the up and up. A guy named Bo fucking Deedle. Like, there's no way I can see him in my brain. I it's know actually exactly just Patrick what he looks Summers like. in disguise. Uh, <laughs> watch, he's what a callback. Watch him come out and and take some. some... Oh, he'll be he'll be back. We know Vanderpump re, uh, finale tonight. He's definitely going to be on there doing something. He's going to stir up some oh, stupid God. shit. I can't wait to watch you go live with him again and yell at him. That was a I, that I was on my couch at midnight and I was like literally about to go to bed. And it popped up that, um, what was it, Pink Pop Box? Is that who it oh, was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was doing the live. And then all of a sudden I saw like Zach joined. And I was like, what is that? So I clicked it. And it was literally the minute I tuned in, you were yelling at Patrick Summers. I was like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. Um, so you guys are not looking forward to Teresa's Teresa Gets Married wedding special next week. So I guess we don't get no. the reunion next week then because it's Teresa's wedding special. That's fucking stupid. No, yeah. And so this that's is my, that's like this why? will determine whether or not she gets the spinoff is what the ratings will look like for next week. I'm not yeah. interested. I really don't care. I mean, like I just We saw I the pictures, we saw some clips, like I don't know what else we need to see. I don't need Here's the whole wedding special. I think yeah. that the um, when it was dropped, there was so much excitement about it, right? And I think that they dropped too much too early. And then I think that Teresa did herself a huge disservice by not being checked in this season. She was kind of checked out. She didn't bring her A game. You can tell she kind of wants to move on from the show. So people have lost interest in Teresa. A lot of people have been saying things like, I'm done with Teresa on the show. I don't want to watch it if she's on the show anymore. And those are things that you wouldn't normally hear. So I think that she kind of shot herself in the foot I think people will tune in. I don't know if it's going to be astronomical numbers, but I think people will tune in. Had she had a better season, I think a lot more people would have tuned in. And if you're vying for a spinoff, if that's your end goal, then you should have brought your A game all year. Like this is your jumping off point, supposedly. So I don't know. I'm 
unfortunately we have to fucking watch it, but I don't want to watch it at all. Yeah. 387 watching live right now, guys. Hit the like button if you're watching this on YouTube. And don't forget to give Steel and Shooter a follow here. Subscribe to their Instagram account and give them a follow on their podcast, The Brav Bros Podcast. Um, Storm Doris says, I'm team reboot of Real Housewives of New Jersey. What do you think? We have New York that's in this reboot phase, right? Where we have this legacy yeah. ultimate girls trip. And then we have this fully rebooted Real Housewives of New York. Do you think that this is something we should do with Jersey? I like Fuda and Danielle, and I think they can help take the, the show uh, into the future um, without having to reboot it. But what are your thoughts? I think the same thing, honestly. I think that I think if we know anything about Bravo, when they start to do this infusion of new blood, I don't think I think they've invested too much into this core group. Like, yes, we talked about maybe Teresa doing a spinoff, maybe Melissa and Joe going away. But they have these two new people who nobody really dislikes necessarily, at least says you know, they're not doing well for the show. Like when we talk about it, we always talk about how they're just kind of finding their footing, but they're doing a good job, both sides. So I really, I don't support a full reboot because I don't want people like Dolores to just like go off to the wayside, like it pop up in a legacy show or an ultimate girl's trip. I like watching her and I want to see more about her and Polly. So there is definitely a way to go here. It's not like how Roni was at the end. Yeah, I Ron, agree with Roni you. really I, crashed and burned at the end, and all they had left yeah. was what Leah and Ebony is the newbies, and Leah and Ebony could not carry the show into the future. No. No, and I think that if you do a reboot, I think that all of the reboots, the issue that they're going to run into is the OG faithfuls, and I think that that's going to be the hard part for people to like. We literally ask our listeners, we're like, hey, when the new Roni comes out, please try to go into it with an open mind. This is not Dorinda. This is not Luann. This is not Sonya. You're not getting old Roni. And I'm afraid that without any of the old blood at all, these shows aren't going to get a fair chance because people are going to be so quick to be like, oh, I don't want to watch it. That's not my girls. And it's like, well, if you want these shows to continue, you need to give the new blood a chance. So I'm not out on reboots. I think that there needs to be a way to do it where you tie in the old crowd somehow, you can't just completely cast them out because a lot of people get pissed that you disrespect the ladies. And I understand that. Like, they built the show, so to cast them out completely and then give them an ultimate girls trip as, like, a refund doesn't seem like the best way to go about it. Maybe there's a way to incorporate them in, but then you run the risk of them trying to take over the show. So it's kind of a rock and a hard place. I think that these shows might have a chance, but people have to be open to new people. I think them announcing the reboot and the legacy show before any of it was even a for sure thing was the way they killed the franchise. Because had they just taken a beat and taken a pause, like Vanderpump, after the whole Stassi, Kristen, Jack's firing scandal, they took a whole year off before they even started filming and they kind of let the dust Mm -hmm. settle. And then they gave it a chance to kind of have life again. Um, Whereas I think in this case, they killed Roni. I think this legacy ultimate girls trip show is the best they could have done for the old cast because there was no way for them to come back and at least this way we can tie a nice little bow on it and send them off lovingly looking back with the nostalgia i mean Kristen takeman and kelly ben simone i can do without um 
I know that there are possibly two other girls that may be joining the mix as well. So we'll see what they end up bringing for Legacy. I'm still holding out and hoping for at least a Bethany cameo. I don't think Bethany would do the full show. But a cameo, I think she's at least open to. And Andy Cohen revealed in his book that she even said, like, if you want me to do Legacy, make me your best offer. So I think she's open to it if it makes sense for her. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to watch the Roni reboot. I think the first episode's going to do well. And then the second episode's not going to do as well. And then by the third episode, it's going to completely fall off the same way Dubai didn't last. I think at this point, the people that watch Housewives watch it for the women that they're emotionally invested in. And all these new women, people aren't emotionally invested in. And I think this new Roni reboot cast, I think it looks like a great cast for like a real girlfriends in New York City. Mm-hmm. That style show younger because Roni was always these old broads that lived on the Upper East Side that were Manhattan moms that were you know this affluence uber wealthy cuckoo crazy 40 year old white woman in New York City it wasn't meant to to reflect New York City as much as it was meant to reflect a very niche um, demographic of New York City and that's this uber wealthy Upper East Side crazy ass broads that do crazy shit to get their kids into school you know what I mean and that and, and it worked because they had history and they had fabric that tied them all together. There's lots of those out there though. Like we can find another group of crazy white women no, in the Upper East Side. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, no, that's but a I, good point. No, I get that. But that was the intention of the show. So them trying to reboot the show with an entirely different style of cast and an entirely different concept, it shouldn't have been Real Houses of New York. We should have made oh, it an yeah. entirely different yeah. show. I think I think they're just having a hard time trying to focus on the newer generations because all these people that watched, like you said, like we got emotionally attached to the women that were on the screen, but we can't watch 85 year old women in 15, 20 years sitting up on a screen anymore. We're going to be like, what the hell are we doing? So they're really having a hard time. And that's why they're just kind of throwing shit at the wall. And some things are sticking like Southern hospitality, but real girlfriends of Paris is not going to stick. It looks like they're, pretty much going to be one and done yeah and then the roni thing it's like all right like maybe this will work we'll do an iconic city that we had a good cast for and we'll introduce you to a whole bunch of new people who are a little younger and maybe it'll speak to the younger audience no. and i just i just don't see it working and seal and i are hopeful i mean we talk about it all the time like just hoping that something's gonna stick but it's gonna be a rough go for bravo over the next couple of years just yeah. trying to figure out a uh, sort of like an algorithm that works well yeah, because- until they find that formula i don't the, think it's yeah. gonna be yeah the brand of Roni has already been established. So for them to yeah. have mm-hmm. such a quick, what they should have done was what it was how they introduced Vanderpump Rules with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Remember, they had Brandy Glanville yeah. and Sheena Shea come together for a crossover episode where you didn't even realize you were watching Vanderpump Rules. That's what they should have done. A completely different New York style show should not have been called Real Housewives because the Real Housewives brand has already been established. It should have been a different brand that was maybe mm-hmm. an introduction to this next tier of Housewives. And it, I think Real Girlfriends was a great way to to do that and for whatever reason Bravo doesn't want to continue to invest in that because I think had they invested in it the way they invested in Real Houses of Orange County when that initially flopped and they really kind of pushed it on people until it grew on people that's I think what we could have done with this Real Girlfriends franchise and we could have done a Real Girlfriends in New York a Real Girlfriends of Manhattan where it didn't even need to be New York City it could have just been Manhattan it could have been Brooklyn Chelsea you know whatever pocket of New York they want to pick at I think would have been great and it should have been a crossover 
crossover episode where you have Ramona and Dorinda and Luann and whatever, and you find a way to get one of them or a few of them or some of them to introduce us to these younger women in one episode, and then all of a sudden, before we know it, we're watching a completely different show where we've already started to get used to these other women. And I think that would have been a perfect way to segue it. No, I I agree. I think that... The girlfriends in Paris thing stinks that they didn't get. I liked that show. I thought it had it a lot of It was a good promise. show. It had a lot of potential. It was. I thought that they could have kept going with it. There was no reason for them to be one and done with it. And I think that if you're looking at the shows that are performing well, it's not the Real Housewives model, so to speak. Those aren't the shows making noise anymore. And I think that until they can figure out, and I understand that's their mainstay program, but until they can figure out how to replicate that, they need to put more emphasis on the Southern hospitalities, mm-hmm. on the Vanderpumps, on Real Girlfriends in Paris. I think it's a great idea. And you can kind of, someone in the comments even said it, and we've talked about it too, Summer House in the city is interesting. Yeah. Seeing their lives day to day is interesting. So pivot. Like I feel like Bravo's so afraid to like pivot and just do something else because they want they want to hammer home the fucking brand. That could have been how they did this, was using the Summer House girls. Paige, Sierra, Lindsay, I don't care who or how they wanted to do it. That would have been a perfect way to introduce us to this other group of New York women. And like, I just think it would have been like, they just, they got so lucky. Bravo got so lucky with Vanderpump Rules and this scandal drama. Had they not had that, the network was really starting to circle the drain and it saved them, but they need to be smart about this. And I hope that they find a way because like, look at Vanderpump Rules was an extension of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know, and I think that's what they need to continue to do is find a way to continue to move the shows over because even Lisa Vanderpump, she's still relevant and she still has a prominent role in Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. That we still have that that uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills influence on Vanderpump Rules, and they should have started to think about how to do this with the other shows. They're trying to do it with Atlanta, but all of the Atlanta spinoffs don't really seem to be picking up the steam that I think they expected from Vanderpump Rules. Well, I think you know it's going to be hard to replicate the Vanderpump Rules one, especially you need to find somebody as captivating as LVP was back then, and then for her to have that spinoff, like yeah. And a, mod- continued- a different fresh model. Nobody wants to yeah. see another restaurant model with no. Candy and the gang. You know, like Candy and the gang was good, but it's like that model has already been done and it's always going to be compared to Vanderpump Rules. You know what I right. mean? That finding- that's the thing. That, that's a really good point is how do you create an idea that's original that still ties into why you love the shows. And I think that's why Vanderpump did well. It's because it was entirely new, but you had that comfort blanket of Lisa Vanderpump. Like, oh, this is familiar. I like this. I, there's so many different avenues that you could go that they keep, I feel like they just get stuck on one idea. And it's like, oh, we just need to hammer this shit home. Let's keep doing this, keep doing this. Eventually it's got to work, right? It's like, no, it's not working. The stuff that is working, you tend to not lean into for some weird reason. So I'm glad... That Soho's getting a second season. I think that they have a lot of promise. And I think that that is a model. That's a Vanderpump model, but it did work. I think the other thing, too, is, and this falls on our responsibility, is we need to focus on covering more of those shows and not giving the housewife shows as much of the attention that a lot of podcasters and content creators give. And I get it. It's easier clickbait. It's easier, more brand uh, uh, recognition because... 
you know, people know Real Housewives more than they know Southern Hospitality. But we are kind mm. of the ones that are leading what people are watching on Bravo. And I think the more we give attention to these other shows, I think eventually people will start to invest in those other shows. Well, we're going to be all in on, you know, the new ones. We're going to give them a fair shake. Um, yes. Thank simply you, because we need Bravo to continue because that's our job. <laughs> Bravo goes away, we go away. So yeah, obviously we're going to watch those. We gave a lot of support to Southern Hospitality during it. We were in contact with a lot of people on the show. They're, it's a really nice cast. <laughs> like everyone I've talked to from there has been very pleasant. And I hope that they keep doing well. And I hope that listeners, anyone watching this, anyone listening to our podcasts, if we recommend something, or if we're going to give it a fair shake, just watch it with an open mind yeah. and hopefully it picks up. You know, I think everyone gets stuck on this trope of expecting you're expecting X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then you get something else and then they're like, Oh, I'm not watching this. It might be a good show. It might just not be the show you're expecting. Yeah. And it just, it takes, give it a few episodes and, and, and see, you know, but I also think, you know, there's a lot that Bravo can do to kind of build some excitement. Like, um, Real girlfriends in Paris. They didn't even invite them to BravoCon. Like, they weren't even promoting them, really. That's I mean, what I they mean. started promoting like the week before it aired, and then we watched it. You know, I was watching it on Peacock. I was like, "This is actually kind of nice. Like, I like the setting. I like that we're in Paris. I like the girls. They're all really nice and interesting." And they had the formula, so I was so confused when one they didn't push it, and two it just went away. Yeah. Especially but, because it had that grit that Vanderpump Rules had yeah. where it was these younger girls that were kind of struggling and trying to find their footing and didn't really know where they were going with their lives, but they were trying to make it happen in New York City that it had that kind of hustle and ambition um, totally. that I think made Vanderpump so successful at the beginning. Yeah, I want, we want to we resonate with that, right? We resonate. Yeah. That's the difference between these styles of shows and the Real Housewives. Real Housewives and what they've gotten away from as well is big extravagant lifestyles. We watch that because we are probably not going to live that way. And we yeah. want to see people that do. We watch Vanderpump and Southern Hospitality and Real Girlfriends in Paris because we've been through that shit. A lot of us are still going through that shit. Yeah. Like you want to see people struggle because you're like, I can relate. I can resonate with that. I had to do that. I'm going through that right now. It's good to see that kind of stuff too. I think that they need to find that happy medium and like make everybody happy and get the fuck out of their own way as a network. Yes. Um, Ebony wants to know, are you two going to BravoCon in Vegas? Scoots and I will be there. Um, I don't know about Zach, but me and Shooter will. We might not make it out of Vegas, but we will go to <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> um, I've always been very clear. I will go to BravoCon if there is an opportunity for me to work at BravoCon. If Bravo wants to put me on a stage, I will be at BravoCon. If Bravo does not want to put me on a stage, I will not be at BravoCon. Um, I support everybody that goes to BravoCon. I think you guys will have a lot of fun. I just, as a full-time content creator, it makes more sense for me to create my content about BravoCon here in LA and not expense the big trip to Vegas or New York. Um, again, I have a roof to keep above my head and I can't tape content from BravoCon the way that I can from LA. So if there's a gig and I can work BravoCon, I will be there. And if not, and I will be comfortably here watching Steel and Shooter tear up Vegas. We've never been to BravoCon, so we're we don't know what we're getting into. And oh, good luck. It's going to be a busy weekend. Between that and gambling, we I genuinely might not make it out of Vegas. It might be like a hangover situation. I don't even drink, and I'm I'm concerned that I'm not making it out of Vegas. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Well, I will be in Vegas in August because I'm doing um, bet it all on blonde. 
What is that? The Erica Jane residency. Oh my God, that's right. I... We got invited to the party to announce that. I think you did too. You went. Yeah, right? I went to that. Yeah. They reached out to us, and I in our email, and I was ready. I was like, "Shoot, let's go!" Like flights out there are like a hundred and fifty bucks. Like, let's just go. And he's like, "Um," he's like the he breaks it down like responsibly. He's like, "We're gonna buy tickets and fly to Las Vegas on a whim on a Wednesday when I have work." Like, come on, steal. I was like, "Fucking nerd!" Like, uh, let's go. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun, and I'm excited to go to the show. I have a table in Vegas, so. Well, let me know how that is. I will let you know. And I will see you in July, July 26th at City Winery in New York City. It is going to be a no-filter night out with the Brav Bros. Round two. We had Dorinda Medley. We had Chris Bassett. We had Philly Diva in Philly last month. And now this July, July 26th, we're going to be live at City Winery in New York City with me, Steel Shooter, and some very special guests. I hope you are ready because it is going to be good. I mean, yeah, don't every- miss out. Please just buy the ticket now. Buy it now because we've had so many people reach out to us after the show and be like, oh my God, that looked like so much fun. I wish I went. And it's like, well, you could have mm-hmm. if you bought a ticket two weeks before the show because you were sold out. Like, mm-hmm. it is as fun as it looks. We're not just blowing it out of proportion. We had a blast. Everyone there has been talking about it since. All my friends that went are still talking about it. So we'd love to see you guys. We'd love to have another sold out crowd in New York. Buy your ticket now. We can't tell you who the guests are yet, Daria but we will soon just buy a ticket and then we'll let you know. I promise you don't want to miss them. Yes, you don't want to miss it. July 26th, City Winery in New York City. It's the main city winery. Because people are like, there are multiple city wineries in New York. And we're at the main city winery. Not City the, Vineyard. We're at the city winery, New York City. The, we're, not, we're not at the Rockefeller Center. We're at yeah, the main the, <laughs> We're the, the main one. Um, we're the mainstay. Exactly. So go to nofilterlive.com. You can also get tickets to my live show with Lala Kent on June 15th. It's my 30th birthday. So it's going to be a big show. We have the show and then we have the brunch the next morning. So you can get your tickets to that at nofilterlive.com. Com. Um, Steel, where can they keep up with you and subscribe to the Brav Bros? On Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Brav underscore Bros, and on YouTube, Brav Bros Podcast. Subscribe. Um, we're doing a lot more YouTube content as of late. Um, so check it out. Subscribe. Click the button. Help us out. <laughs> Click the button. Hit the like button on the way on your way out of this video. Um, and thanks, guys, for for stay, sticking with us, for supporting us. You can always follow me at Just Plain Zach, or you can follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. Be sure to keep up with the Brav Bros. Follow Steel. Follow Shooter. Um, oh, Ebony Dixon says Steel. Make your shirt say Brav Bros. I will. Yeah, we'll get our name right first, and then I'll change the shirt. Oh yeah, Bravo Bros. <laughs> Everybody does that. It's actually kind of funny if you like look us up on anything or like in our comments. I'd say 50-50. It's Brav Bros or Bravo Bros. So we go by both. Well, there you go. The Brav Bros slash Bravo Bros will be live in New York City with me July 26th. Get your tickets at newfilterlive.com. And get ready, guys. We have a lot more tea that we're going to be spilling. Steel and Shooter are going to be here to help me break down the Jersey recap. For the reunion, and then, oh my god, we already have, tonight's Scandaval Night. Are you ready for Scandaval Night? I don't think so. I genuinely, Shooter's coming over to watch it with my wife and I. I'm making a most extra dinner uh, for everybody. Um, I think I might go to the Tom Sandoval on the most extra shows in Chicago next week. Are you going? I think I'm going to go. I don't know. I'm still on the We had people ask us, he did a show near Philly, and he's like, are you guys going to go and like 
support Ariana. We're like, fuck no. <laughs> I think I need to be boots on the ground and just see what the hype is. Because he keeps saying his shows are sold out. And There's I just, no way. I need to sneak in. Can you go live from the show? I think I might like go live from the show. Thing? No, I don't think it's uh, well, we'll Ryan find Bailey. We'll find out. I, I talked to him the other day. He was driving back from Arizona to California because I guess he went to a show out in Arizona. I didn't get to ask him how it went. I'm touching base to him later this week, but I think he did the same thing you're going to do. Well, here we go. We're about to find out. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Steel. Thanks, Shooter. Guys, go give them some love, the Brav Bros, and I will, I'll talk to you later this week. After we'll do, I'll do a post-Scandaball recap, so get ready for it. Yeah, we we will too, I think. We might go live, but everyone buckle the fuck up. It's going to get messy. (laughs) Let's do it.